We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everybody the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community Discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com join. Hey, this is Dirk Nowitzki, and you listen to the Maps Step Back Podcast. Let me step back for a minute, tired of the gimmicks, see we just focused on winning, ball in the airline center, we bout to get litty, Luca carrying a torch, Borden jumped up off the porch, how you reckon with his force, third season in the game, and he a legend by his fourth, look, after dirt, now the king of Dallas, airline serving as the palace, young team and it's full of talent, want revenge, we accept the challenge, Luca carrying a legacy, what it take to be an MVP, being great, know it cost a fee, know it really Ain't that hard to see Hold on, wait Silence the critics Cause they never did it Pass out Jordan I ain't woke up the city Map shooting hot Like we straight out the chimney Go back to Batman I'm calling them Drizzy More triple doubles I'm waiting on 50 Step back smoother You know it's so filthy If I get down on my team Gonna lift me Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, know we gotta get back. Rep the map, step back, overcame the setbacks, starting where we left at, know we gotta get back, like know we gotta get back. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Matt. Well, can you I'm hear me? here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to plug you. in my my AirPods. They won't connect to my phone. <laughs> this we're is off new. To a great start. <laughs> yeah, we're off to a wonderful start. This is this is new for us, so. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. Let's see who we got here. We got Brian, Grant, David. Sir. Sir Shravan, I'm so sorry I butchered your name, dude. <laughs> Doug and John. Okay, sweet. 
All right, guys. Well, we're gonna we're gonna live react to this fourth quarter, upcoming fourth quarter, and it's obviously gone the Mavs' way so far. Uh, KP was out. He was. Uh, it kind of came up on the injury report that he had back tightness, and then they said that he had been experiencing this throughout the season. Which I mean, Matt, we've talked about this. I I don't know how much I believe that, but regardless, I don't believe it at all. Uh, <laughs> this is their way of getting past the. Uh, the NBA rules as far as, you know, resting players. I don't think he should have rested on the first night of a back-to-back at all after an eight-day hiatus, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, he's not playing tonight, and it hasn't mattered because the Mavs are up 19 in the fourth. So, oh, hold up. Kirk has asked to speak. Oh, gosh. What a I, treat. Hello, Kirk. <laughs> Hello, guys. I, you know, since Dalton joined me last night, I got to join him tonight. I just wanted to pop up and say I respect your ability to start your podcast before the game is over. Not like the Mavericks have ever blown twenty point leads in the fourth before. So hey, well, well, I mean, look at the look at the title of this room. It's instant reactions. It's not we're not we're not predicting a win or anything. So I'm actually yeah. predicting that they do blow the lead. So well. I'm having to live stream it instead of watch it on TV because uh, here in South Mississippi, uh, the Grizzlies are in my – they're one of those teams that have the, the dumb blackout restrictions. So anytime the Grizzlies play, I either have to watch it uh, – I either have to watch the Grizzlies broadcast or I have to just stream it online. So, Well, I get the pleasure of watching Skin and Harp and Followell down here in Houston and um it's uh it's it's a treat sometimes other times it's a little bit of a pain but you know we uh we we get what we can here yeah and grant he he chimed in and said Shravan is a locker room goat so Shravan I hope I'm saying your name right and I'll I'll take Grant's word for it so oh wait I I've, <laughs> I've been missing this chat I didn't even know how to get get to the chat yeah, we're very new to this, guys, so go go easy <laughs> on us. <laughs> we'll get there. I mean... Oh, man. I mean, look, I think this is a pretty cool deal. If this goes well, we might do this a little bit more often and maybe start earlier in the game. Yeah. Uh, this is, uh, look, the, the app, the locker room app, it makes it super easy. And I wish that... Uh, we had tried it a little bit sooner, but once I saw Kurt get on it, and I was like, you know what? If Kurt can do it, we can do it because, you know, Kurt he can be a little bit hard headed about that kind of stuff. But anything Kurt can do, we can do better. <laughs> well, I'm not going to go that Kirk far. Kurt writes better than me, and he also uh, analyzes basketball better than me. Yeah, but other than that, well, anything Kurt can do, I can do better. But anyway, I mean, Luca. I mean, he's had a horrible game in this one, I think, to put it nicely. And yet, it still hasn't mattered because Jalen Brunson's been amazing. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr., he he decided to go scorched earth tonight. Uh, I mean, it's it's gone really, really well. And you expect the Mavs to come out with this kind of energy after not playing for a full week. Uh, if they had come out flat tonight and not looked energetic, I would have been very, very worried. But they've looked good tonight. And, you know, if KP does come back and play tomorrow and he has a good game too, I mean, I think they have a good chance of getting to 500 or maybe even over 500 before the NBA All-Star break. So, Yeah, I mean, that'll be tough against the Celtics. I mean, but... The Celtics... I- the Celtics have been so underwhelming this season. You know, I expected them to be so much better after making an Eastern Conference Finals appearance last year. But it's starting to look like the Mavs dodged a bullet with that uh, that Kimba Walker contract. Isn't that always the case, though? Every, every big free agent the Mavericks uh, go after ends up having terrible follow-ups with whatever team he ends up signing with. I mean... Dwight Howard, Darren Williams, Kimball Walker. I'm sure there's more. It's, yeah. you know. 
Yeah, I, I, it's it's almost alarming how many times we have to say, oh, the Mavs, they dodged a bullet <laughs> when it comes to guys in free agency because it's like, okay, well, why, why, why was that their main target in the first place? But Well, I'm just glad that people are actually hitting shots tonight. It's It's been a while since the offense has been really consistent without Luka having to do much of everything. Um, yeah. And even without KP in there, I mean, you know, Richardson's hitting Henry. shots. Brunson's doing what he needs to do. This is this is kind of. I know it's just Memphis, and they're you know they're five hundred, and they're not <laughs> world beaters or anything like that. But sorry, I'm keeping up with this chat while you're talking, and <laughs> I keep forgetting to look at the chat. But it's it's nice to see them do this against a pretty decent team, and you know, not have to have Luca do everything for a change. Yeah, Henry Henry Patton said, "LOL at Dwight Powell going off the dribble just now." <laughs> it, it reminds me of that meme that pops up every now and then on uh, on Mavs Twitter. It's like, "Congratulations, you you went for the Dwight Powell pump fake," and it it's a little bit more. It's not G rated like that either, but I'm sure you guys have seen it. Uh, Brian. Said Josh, ten points, five rebounds in the first quarter. Yes, it's so nice. It was very nice to see him get going. At one point in that first quarter, uh, Josh Richardson was outscoring the Grizzlies eleven to five, and his own teammates eleven to nine. <laughs> so he got off to yeah. a very good start. Yeah, and uh, Kirk asks, uh, "Who is KP?" And my answer to that is the. The guy sitting on the bench uh, doing absolutely jack shit tonight because he has a fake injury. So it's really it's really funny. We we talked about this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Matt, Kirk, and I we we have this uh, group DM on on Twitter, and pretty much every game that's where we get together and. Uh, complain about things and i mean some of some of y'all would wouldn't recognize me in that that group dm because it's it's where i go to blow off steam and that way i don't clutter your timelines with it (laughs) and you know we were talking about how rick carlisle kind of manipulates these injury reports and it's obvious that it's that it's overblown and I don't know how they get away with it, honestly, because you know it, it, you can't you can't put a fake injury on there. So I don't know. I'm sure that KP has had back tightness. I just I highly doubt it's something to where he was really considered questionable for tonight. I think it was an excuse so he could just rest. Right. I mean, all you got to do to to help back stiffness is put a heating pad on there, maybe do a little stem treatment on it, and you're good to go. I mean, he's. He's a professional yeah. athlete. It's it's very obvious what they're doing, and that's fine. Yeah, it's just frustrating. Now, Brian, he he just made a very good point here. He said Jaron Jackson Jr. had the same surgery fifty one days before KP did, and still hasn't returned yet. That's a very good point. I hadn't even thought about that. Um, but you know, with uh with KP's meniscus tear, if I remember this correctly. Uh, I, f- I forgot that doctor's name that I spoke to, but I wrote a piece on DallasBasketball.com after I uh, watched his video on KP's injury. And for a meniscus tear, it was like it, it was considered to be the best case scenario for a meniscus, if I remember that right. So yeah. I don't think it was. I don't think it was to the. I don't think it was as bad as Jaron Jackson Jr.'s. But that's still a good point, though. I mean, it... Yeah, it is. And it's... But that's not the... It is a good point, but the concerning... The more concerning thing to me about it is that it's just that stuff like this keeps happening. Um, yeah. So it, it, it seems like it's only a matter of time until, like, the next thing happens. And then the next thing yeah. happens. So we got to get to a point where he plays 30, 40 games in a row without having to sit out, you know... 10, 15 of those games. And we just, he's been here for two seasons now. And we haven't seen that yet. And it's get it's really frustrating. Yeah. By the way, Brian, you're going to, you're going to have to like, give me a pronoun- pronunciation of your last name 
like spell it out in the comments or come on and talk for a second and say it that you know what that would be better hold on just a second there we go brian what's up man hey uh thanks for having me on guys great job getting me up dalton see you're pro yeah i'm getting better (laughs) yeah i mean you're already doing better than kirk was yesterday (laughs) (laughs) well i'm I'm glad to hear that I, i i tuned into his for a little bit and wanted to give him a little bit more content he's done the same for me in this one so we got each other's backs but yeah. brian how do you say your last name oh so zillum zillum yeah. gotcha hey uh, dalton i actually have a pretty good idea what you got uh i think that we should let everybody come in who wants to obviously and ask their question live instead of typing it in the comments i think that would be fun don't you yeah, yeah. They do like a live mailbag type thing. Right, yeah. So, Brian, you go first. Uh, well, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to what I just wrote out, uh, you know, kind of circle back to my Jaron Jackson Jr. comment. I, I was just going down a rabbit hole earlier. I, I hopped on a couple of Memphis podcasts earlier today, and I just was like, didn't he have the same surgery as KP? And it just the, the timelines were just really weird. And then I stepped back and thought about it. You know, Memphis is almost trying to, uh, you know, protect their future investment because obviously Jaron Jackson Jr.'s comment, you know, contract is coming up, right? And it just boggles yeah. my mind. I wonder, you know, got you know, Casey Smith, you know, he's a freaking professional. Not, I'm trying to, you know, analyze Twitter doctor over here on on locker room. I just, I, I found it very odd that why wouldn't we be open to that idea of, you know, what? Let's not rush because. If you guys remember right, they were trying to rush KP at the start. You know, I think he was trying to get ready on Christmas Day, which I was like, whoa, that just seemed really ambitious and way too early for me personally. And it just like, we are where we are right now. It just seems very odd after eight days off, essentially, your back is hurting. And, you know, I guess, you know, we're all getting older now. We're in our 30s and, you know, stuff's going to happen. You know, you get out of bed one day and you just hurt. But... Is that time? Is it time to where maybe we just need to shut down KP for a couple weeks or a month and just say, "Hey, here you go." Well, it's it's a good point because I mean, you're right. He was pushing for Christmas. I think if KP had had it his way, he would have been playing on opening night. Uh, but you know, he he obviously didn't, uh, and I think there was pressure from his side and. Maybe even his brother, who knows, you know, he, he had a, supposedly he, he caused a a stir in New York uh, because he would speak for KP and, you, you know, things that they wanted. Uh, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but I, I do feel like there was a little bit of pressure uh, from his end to get back on the court sooner than probably what he should have. So Right. And I, and I, think I mean, look. Also- Sorry, but I think he's also feeling the pressure from the fans. You know, he I think he's tired of of sitting on the bench and, and hearing people talk about his injuries and him not being out on the floor and complaining about it and talking about trades and all that stuff. And he wants to go out there and prove people wrong, but you know, he just he can't do it right now. And it's it's always something else. Yeah, and he's had some good games so far this season. I mean, there's times where you see him playing this like that that's the unicorn. That's the guy that was tearing up the NBA bubble uh, in Orlando before he he tore his meniscus. But uh, as far as KP goes overall, I, I want to get uh, I want to get your thoughts, Matt, and then Brian. We'll go back to you for a second here too. But how much of this, as far as his defense, KP's defense, do you think it's it's physical versus mental? Because I tend to think that it's more on the mental side. Uh, he's shown me so far that he has the physical tools to uh, – he's capable of moving laterally on defense and blocking shots and everything, but he just seems hesitant. I think it's more mental than it is physical, but I'll get your guys' opinions on that. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, sorry, I forgot I had the, the button muted. <laughs> uh, Growing pains. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's everything you said. Um, but look, I I think my concern with 
with with everything is more the longevity of of what's going on um it i don't know how much longer they can they can sustain this on the court off the court on the court off the court inconsistent night to night bs because you know he he was brought into the franchise to to try and put them over the top and, and let them compete with, you know, the other two star teams like, like LA and, and, you know, Denver and uh, the Clippers and all that stuff. So um, until they can make that happen, I mean, there's, I, I just don't know, man. I, I, I don't want to continue to beat a dead horse here. I'm, I'm going to continue to voice my, uh, this great take Josh Bo had on uh, his and Kirk's podcast a couple weeks back. KP's had two off seasons now straight where he has not had any chance to like improve his game or develop anything new. He's had to really just sit back and rehab, which kind of really sucks. And I, I, I don't really know what the, the Carlisle is really doing. I'm, I'm kind of with y'all. I, I really wanted to give Carlisle the benefit of the doubt, but just the way he's kind of finagled the injury report is just really weird. And it's, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to play like you know a game of chess here, but it's just like you you know Rick, cut the crap, be uh be real with us for a minute. And if you know KP does need to actually be out for a couple of weeks, let him be out for a couple of weeks. And uh, Matt, like you were saying, the, the the in and out over you know stuff is you're getting old, and I think the fan base has a right to be upset in a way. And I know KP's trying to get back out there, do everything he can, but you know if he's still not, I really don't think he's a hundred percent and I, I think in the games where he's actually played at center not power forward um and max he's looked a little bit better he's looked uh, okay to me i don't know what his defensive numbers look like i, I know they're not eye-popping by any means but you know they're not healthy, good. health yeah well i mean a healthier maxi would help but i just you know those games were Porzingis was playing the four and just getting annihilated by insert Gobert or whomever they were doing. It just the scheme they were putting him on was on an island and he was getting just exposed because those games, especially, uh, I'm still haunted by those Utah games where he just looked 50% in my eye. Yeah. I mean, look, I, Dalton and I have talked about this a lot and Kirk, who I think bailed on us now, um, he had to go right. Kirk's gone. What a coward. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Dalton and I have talked about this a lot. You know, Rick, and we, I think we talked about it on the last podcast too, Rick seems to be almost sort of out of his depth at this point. I mean, it, look, I'm, 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 not, I'm not saying that he's a bad coach. I'm not saying that he doesn't know what he's doing. But I feel like, you know, maybe – things are kind of passing him by with this team and with this franchise. It he he's he's making a lot of weird choices and he's been doing it for a couple of years now and it's you know, they're wasting time. They're, look, I mean Luca is only on his second year of his contract, but he's not going to stick around and wait for this mediocrity his entire career. If if things go this way for the next couple of years, you know, he could I, I don't think he will, but he is. He would have every right to pull a KP or you know to to try and request a trade somewhere or do whatever See, he needs to my, get out. My thing is, my thing has always been. I don't think Luca's the type of player to request a trade. Now that being said, if you if you run your course, you know if he gets past his second contract and you know he's twenty six and an unrestricted free agent and things still haven't you know, really change for the Mavs, then at that point I think he might start to look at other situations. But I I think he's a loyal enough guy. I think he's one of those rare, rare dudes who will try he'll he'll exhaust every every option he has to stay in Dallas before he looks elsewhere, in my opinion. So but you're right. I mean the the Mavs they can't take that for granted either. They have to go out and they have to surround him better as far as like their overall depth because we saw it when when covid hit the mavs really hard i mean that just that was almost pitiful dude i mean it was bad <laughs> I mean, it it was really really bad and uh you had like one or two games there where 
guys got hot and, you know, you didn't really notice it as much. But, I mean, uh, they really botched uh, the free agency before last when they had Ooh. max money and they decided to waste basically a full week of free agency waiting on Danny Green. Which, yeah. in hindsight, is worse than what it was at the time. <laughs> well, and they also they also made the mistake of courting KP like he wasn't going to sign anyway. Like you don't if look if you're going to be successful in free agency, you can't sit there and and make sure that oh we need to make sure that KP feels okay so he'll sign his contract and he doesn't get angry. Like, he's going to sign his contract. You have to be Lauren, aggressive in the beginning Lauren of free Gunn agency. Lauren has gonna... entered the chat. Lauren, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm keeping up with I'm keeping up with the chat here. Yeah, we need to we need to keep Don't talk shit about Rick. That's my dad. I'm sorry, Scatty. <laughs> can, can I I'm not trying to be a Carlisle apologist here, but the the bang the drum you guys were both staying in here. I, I my crosshairs right now are clearly at the front office. Because I, I don't, I'm, I'm surprised there hasn't been enough scuttle, a scuttlebutt or articles yet. But truly, what was the plan? Viva draft and off season. It, it, it seemed like, you know, they they had this magnis, they had this draft where everybody was really excited about. Where are these three rookies right now? They're in the G League. Where the, I'm pretty sure Josh Green could be a functional rotation player on this team right now. Maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but. Who knows? I mean, I think I think you're right. And I, I mean, I think Tyler Bay could too. Exactly, and that's what. And it, I, I don't think anybody's really said anything. But can we say this five uh, percent of potentially waiting on Giannis kind of bit him in the ass really hard? Oh, one hundred percent. Look, I, I was a I was a big big proponent of do not wait on Giannis. And look, I said it right this time, guys. Uh, I was I was a big proponent of that. <laughs> And, it, and look, it it's kind of showing now. I mean, they. I thought what they did with free agency this past summer on paper was very good. Uh, I liked Josh Richardson. I liked James Johnson. It, it wasn't a perfect free agency by any means, but they they got two guys that I thought they really you know needed and could help them with the draft and with Josh Green. I, look, I still think he's a good pick. I think it's way too early to bail on. That. I do too. And we were talking about this earlier tonight in our uh, in our Twitter DMs. He he's under Rick. He's not getting a chance because that's what Rick does with young players that he doesn't trust. He might have trusted Desmond Bain a little more because he's older. Yeah, but there's no guarantee of that. So well, he's, he's letting Josh Green and Tyrell Terry and Tyler Bay get meaningless experience in the G League. When he could be out there instead of Trey Burke and, and making them bigger on the perimeter or, or, or something like that. I mean, it's it's very frustrating. I understand why everybody's frustrated with it because well, he's a first-round pick. Well, and that if that's the case, then, if we're – timeline is the new sexy term everybody likes to use in the NBA. So if we were going to just pitter and waste all these three guys that we drafted, why didn't – Nobody picked up a phone, and there's not a guy that we could have acquired um, somewhere that could actually be a participant in this rotation right now. Not that they could have found anybody that would be like an all-star, or you're probably not going to find a Christian Wood or anything like that, but just the, the the thought process here from front to back is just kind of ass-backwards from me, and I, I'm, try, I'm the biggest defender as far as like the front office and Rick, and all, you know, I, I'm probably too loyal to Rick to a fault, but it's just like, what the hell is the plan here, guys? I can't, I'm trying to find that Banjo-Kazooie Jiggy uh, and put that piece together as far as that overall puzzle. I can't see anything at all right now. Well, and by the way, guys, just, just a little update here. Mavs still up 16, according to my feed. I'm, I might be lagging a little bit, but up 16, two minutes left in the in the fourth. It, they, they were up 13, and then Tim Hardaway Jr. hit another huge three. So he's up to 27 points, 7 of 11 from deep. So well, <laughs> he had one of those microwave games tonight. I think my answer to Brian's question is the reason they haven't gone out and acquired anybody yet is because Rick has his pets. He doesn't want to trade Dwight. He doesn't want to trade 
Maxi. He doesn't want to trade Dorian. And those are the guys. Those are the guys that he loves. It was. I mean, I bet it killed him when they traded West because West was his ultimate pet. I ha- I have a take on this, Matt. I I think the Mavs had, and I mean, it may not be the problem now, but I think they knew Luca was going to be good, but I don't think they knew he was going to come out of the gates like he did. And you know, we had Donnie Nelson on the pod. Uh, about a year ago, a little over a year ago. And, well, the first time he came on and we asked him about it and he admitted, he was like, look, we had no idea this dude was going to be this good this early. And I think it, you know, whatever plans they had when they drafted Luca, I don't think they were prepared to accelerate the timeline the way they had to. <laughs> you know, I, I think yeah. they were unprepared for that. Yeah. And then, you know, he comes he comes back in his second season and he's an all NBA first teamer. And now all of a sudden yeah, I keep going back to the free agency before last. That's when they should have really said, like, okay, Luca had a really, really good rookie season. He's gonna expand on that next year. Let's spend money now and put guys like uh Bogdanovich, Boyan Bogdanovich. You know, a guy like that who I who I really wanted, and he's killing it with Utah now. But they didn't have interest in a guy like him. And I don't know if that's because they just were underestimating how this timeline was going to accelerate or what, but it was a big mistake. I think they were just unprepared. Well, that's that's fine, but it's year three now. Right. You, you can figure out ways to get back on track after you have an entire season to kind of recalibrate what you're doing in year two and go into that next offseason and have some sort of a plan. And I think they did have some sort of a plan, but it wasn't a good one. They they did the same thing they always do. and They put their tail between their legs when they realized Giannis wasn't going to be, you know, be theirs. And they tried to, they tried to be conservative. And they, they do it every single offseason. And these are the results. I mean, yeah, th- this is a good game. And they're up by 10 which they were up by 16 like 30 seconds ago. So. <laughs> yeah. Mark, Mark, but, uh, Mark Tenorio, did I say that right, Mark? He, he just put in the, the chat, or no, it was Henry Patton. Sorry, Mark. Henry Patton said this is going to turn into a clutch game. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very Mavs. It would, so be, Mavs. It would be extremely Mavs. But I was going to say real right. quick, guys, I, I think – Remember when DSJ's stock was really high? And I I, I remember, I, I don't think you guys were part of the conversation when I first started the... We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Podcast when the Mavs did draft Luca. I was I, I was so adamant that if the Suns were interested, and at that time, if you guys don't remember, the Suns were really in desperate need of a point guard about three years ago. I was say I was telling them, "Hey, let's let's flip DSJ for Melkel Bridges straight up," and I got massacred for that. That doesn't look so bad right now. No, no, Brian, yeah. you were, you were right on that one. That's, and look, uh, Ethan Simons, he wants to speak here, so I'm going to give him the floor for a second. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything. Which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. 
Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Ethan, you there? Uh, We're working on it. There he is. is. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, nice. All right. What's up, guys? What's up? Um, so here's I'm I'm kind of there were a couple of things that came to mind listening to to talking about the Mavs, the cap space situation. It's the kind of complacency seemingly on the roster. Obviously, the Giannis thing threw a bunch of teams. I think the Heat, the Raptors, uh, definitely maybe the Warriors, but definitely the Heat, the Raptors, and the Mavericks for a loop. But it's it's interesting because I feel like we've we've left one one era of Mavs team building and entered into a new one and and the former one was you know the the 2000s to 2010s Mavs who would try to take these big swings on free agents wise or unwise and then fail epically you know whether you're thinking about Darren Williams Dwight Howard DeAndre Jordan you know, all the, all the guys that the Mavs were in on and, and couldn't, couldn't close the deal on. And then uh, you win the title in 2011 with a, with a team of like homegrown, a homegrown star with some, some really good role players and veterans that you kind of brought in and second units that Rick Carlisle kind of molded out of clay. And they've kind of taken that approach since being kind of conservative almost to a fault. They're not going after the, the huge free agent. They're, you know, they, they made the Porzingis deal, which I think was pretty aggressive. Um, but it, they're kind of in a weird spot now where it's like it is I, – I kind of feel similarly, I think. But at the same time, when I take a step back, I wonder, like, what is, what's really out there for them? You know, like it, not even just in this coming off season, but on the – on the trade market or, or even like maybe a couple off seasons from now, I don't want to be a pessimist, but it seems like they might be in kind of a weird spot where the, there were a lot of chips that they had pushed into the table on Giannis. And when he signed that extension, it's you you know, you kind of end up, you kind of end up empty handed at the end of the game of musical chairs looking around. And, and I don't really frankly know, know where they go again not trying to be a pessimist but it does sort of start to feel like okay what is this team what is this team if if you can't add that that third bona fide or second bona fide star yeah yeah i i agree with you and and look i mean their options are limited now because of how they've approached the last couple of off seasons and I th- I personally think, and I've written about this on DallasBasketball.com. I've I've tweeted about it so much that people are probably annoyed by it by now. But I think they have an opportunity to do something in restricted free agency this upcoming off season. Uh, just because you know they're going to have a ton of money. Uh, I look at John Collins, and I think I think about how well he would fit with KP, and I look at the situation with Atlanta, you know, they're they're paying twenty million a year to Gallinari for the next two seasons after this. Uh they're paying uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich nearly twenty million dollars. He's he's on a long term deal, three more seasons after this. The Trey Young Max extension is on the way. So they're gonna be doing that. Uh they're paying Capella a ton of money. There's just not gonna be enough room for them. I mean, they could, they could pay John Collins what he wants, but I don't think they will. Uh, they already had a chance to re-sign yeah, I think it's him. Pretty clear. I mean, they drafted. A- 
Yeah, yeah. They dra- they basically drafted his replacement. And, uh, you know, they, they offered him the $90 million extension before the season began, and they weren't able to work it out. So I if, if they don't trade him to another team uh, before the trade deadline, I think that's where the Mavs should focus this offseason because I think they could offer him uh, enough money to where – Atlanta would just let him go, and that would be a huge, huge addition for them this off season. But that, well, that's think, where I, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Well, side note that that's a dub, go Mavs. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, they didn't blow it. They, they did not blow it. Um, you know, I think I like the idea of that. I think Colin, you know, if Colin's paired with a healthy version of Porzingis you know, run, uh, as a rim runner next to Luca, who's kind of developing his jump shot, that makes a ton of sense. It just, but it feels like, again, you're kind of, at that point, you are kind of back in that 2000, you're chasing that 2011 high, right? Where you, with, with Luca right. and, and you kind of need him to be, to be absolutely like all universe and have just this perfect blend of role players, veterans and, and leaders around him to to make it work and that's that's just such a tough needle to thread in the modern NBA it's not impossible it's just so tough to thread and you know at that point it's coming down to like can you know who is Porzingis is you know can Porzingis be healthy when it counts and playing his best ball and you know with with every passing week I think it's natural to kind of wonder like you know, is that if if your if your team is predicated on on can Kristaps Porzingis be good, you're kind of already behind your eight ball. So I love the idea of Collins, but I think that in and of itself is just kind of a microcosm of of where the team might be. And look, the Mavs have Luca. They've got a bunch of good players. They're super fun, and I think they're going to be relevant for a long time. The but and so you know, Mavs fans are probably fortunate that we're thinking like. What is the ceiling of this team? There's probably a lot of teams in the league that wish they had these problems, but um, you know, still, I think it's they're they're at a weird. Yeah, and it it, it kind of the idea of Collins kind of reminds me of the idea of Chandler Parsons because I, I think that was a good idea in theory as well, but. I, I know you're not comparing Chandler Parsons to John Collins right now. No, no. <laughs> I mean, the situation is going to happen. That's <laughs> risk when you, when you chase a restricted free agent. And it's, you know, because you have to offer that money and you have to wait. And if they do sign, I mean, because he's not a star star. So you're, you're investing a lot of money into a player who hasn't really proven himself yet. And on paper, yeah, he's what you hoped Dwight Powell could eventually end up being already. He's already no, 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 not not on paper against the Mavs specifically. He he is the ultimate versus Mavs All Star. Yeah, he's the alpha thing here. I looked up the stat. I I wrote about this a few weeks ago, but he for his career he's averaging the most. Points per game against the Mavs. It's not even close. He's averaging the most points per game versus the Mavs uh, than any other team he's played against. And he shoots like 65% and I think a ridiculous 55% from three when he plays the Mavs for his career. So it's unreal. I mean, that's another thing too. The Mavs seem to have this, this tendency to go after guys who kill them kill them (laughs) so i I could see them uh potentially going after collins i i don't think um and i mean that somebody in the chat here just who who said this hold on uh how do you say his name elude it elliot i don't know anyway uh, he said restricted free agents are the worst kind of gambles i agree with that to an extent um i'm saying here is it, you do, you don't know what you're getting with a restricted free agent who who has yet to prove himself, and that's my only concern with Collins. If you do it in a trade, that's one thing because you're not necessarily investing a max contract into a guy who you don't really know what he's going to end up being. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like the the poker sometimes. 
Yeah, it's, it's like Nerland's Noel. I, I, if I remember correctly, the Mavs, all they traded for Noel was Andrew Bogut and two second-round picks. Justin and, Anderson. Ah, Justin. Ah, I forgot about Simba. Simba? I feel bad. I feel bad now. But anyway, you know, they, they basically, at the time, that was considered uh, – a steal for the Mavs and he showed flashes and we know how that went out. And then that was another dodged bullet because they offered Nerland's Noel $70 million <laughs> for, over four years. And what is some, somehow, that would have somehow been. he ended up declining that. Uh, but I mean, I think it could be the same situation here. You know, if, if the Hawks know they don't want to pay Collins, it could be one of those situations where the Mavs might could trade for him, even though they're kind of lacking in that. Well, you, you don't want to give up a lot for a guy um, who might not be there anyway at the end of the season. So I think they could get him without giving up a lot, and then you could get him in the door and see how it goes the rest of the season and, and go from there. But that, that would be my preferred route. But Blake also makes a good point. If – he says, if one player with potential takes our money, that's one more than we've signed in the last four off-seasons. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's cold. True. That's, that's true. cold. It's also true. <laughs> Richardson what? has potential, but I, I think he's pretty much already at his ceiling at this point. Well, right. me... Grant, Grant is uh, – he has sent a speaker request here, so I'm going to let him in real quick. How dare you forget about Simba? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. He <laughs> he was one of those people. I even I, you'll have to go look it up. But I wrote a very cringe article about him one time, and it was it was Lion King related. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty I, sure. I'm pretty sure it was for Mavs Moneyball. I wrote one for Fan Sided that was about how he was going to take a leap in his sophomore season and and become like some actual some you know sort of good player in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, but he himself called called him Barnes and Matthews like the best perimeter defense in the league. So, I mean, at least. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, look, I'm gonna Henry Patton. He he wants to speak. Henry, I'm gonna let you in in just a second. Before I do, though, we're just gonna kind of go over this game that has uh, that has now ended. Uh, we we went down a rabbit hole for a little bit, but uh, the Mavs did win 102 to 92 over the Grizzlies. They're one game away from reaching 500, and I can finally shave and get a haircut. Because uh, i doing this. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so they won. Luka, he, he didn't have a great game, and in typical Luka fashion, he still ends up with 21 points, seven rebounds, five assists, two steals, and a block. <laughs> Uh, because he's just amazing. Tim Hardaway Jr. finishes with 29 points and four rebounds. He shot 9 of 14 from the field, 7-11, 3. And then you had Josh Richardson with 17 points to go with seven rebounds and three assists and two steals. So they got some big contributions there. Uh, Jalen Brunson, he was also very good. He has arguably been the Mavs' second most consistent player uh, this season is that is that stretching too far or what do you think well con- considering how inconsistent the rest of the roster has been i would say no that's not too much of a stretch <laughs> yeah yeah i think uh he went seven of 11 from the field hit two of his five threes uh 19 points seven rebounds three assists and a steal for jalen brunson tonight so he has been really good this entire season he's shooting the ball really well uh, if the Mavs were to make a really big trade before the March 27th, 27th deadline, I think he's your best trade piece at this point. Aside from Luka and KP, and I know <laughs> uh, opinions on potentially trading KP, even considering that, have uh, uh, you got some people for it, some people not. I don't think the Mavs will do it. Uh, so I, I'm thinking Brunson is probably the more enticing uh, trade chip for them going forward. But anyway, all right, Henry, I'm letting you in. That was good, y'all. What's up, man? Uh, So I'm not going to lie, I didn't watch the first half. I was out at dinner, but holding a team to, what was it, 36 points 
I mean, yeah. I, I, I think that's really encouraging, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah, know it was, if it's like, did they miss shots or – Well, it was a little bit of both. The Mavs, like I said, they looked – they looked how you would expect a team to look that's had a week right. off. Uh, they were very ener- very energetic. Uh, they were moving around a lot on defense. But uh, half of it was the Grizzlies just weren't hitting shots in the first quarter, too. Like, uh, I think there was – I want to say there was like four, four – a little over four minutes left in the first, and they still only had five points <laughs> at Ooh. one point. So – uh, it was a little bit of both. Mavs, they played good defense, but then the Grizzlies, they just had a, a awful shooting night, at least to uh, to start that game. They got in the hole and they weren't able to dig themselves out of it. So, right. yeah. Uh, but you're you're right. It, it was very encouraging, especially for the team that has been dead last. Uh, they've been the worst defensive team in the entire league over the last fifteen games. So, uh, it, definitely a good sign and. They're going to have to do it again tomorrow because, I mean, the the Celtics, they've been a disappointment this season. Uh, Kimba Walker hasn't been as good as what they want him to be, and they just lost a heartbreaker. They were up 24 points on the Pelicans the other day, and they ended up letting the Pelicans come back, and they lost in overtime. So uh, potentially playing a, a frustrated Celtics team on the second night of a back-to-back that could uh, that could end up being a problem. <laughs> we'll, we'll see how it goes, but uh, I think KP will probably end up playing in this one unless that back issue is really something we need to be. If he doesn't play in this one, then we can all like really get worried about it. But he's uh, gonna, I guarantee you, he's going to play, and there's going to be no back stiffness because it's a fake injury, and they're bad liars. <laughs> well, I hope you're right, and I hope KP just completely dominates. So. Uh, but yeah, overall, and Matt, I, I'm going to get your thoughts on this too. But overall, the Mavs have had a—it's it, been a roller coaster season so far. And given the preseason expectations, you know, Luca—he was the MVP MVP favorite. Now I don't even know if he's in the top five anymore. Uh, the Mavs—they were projected to be a top three or four team in the West. That obviously hasn't happened, and they have had a lot of things happen that have been out of their control with the the COVID, COVID stuff and, you know, KP missing the first nine games of the season, and then when he gets back, he has to work his way back into game shape, and, you know, Luca, he was out of shape at the beginning of the season. He had to work his way through that, so, I mean, there's there's really been a ton of stuff uh, going, and it, it took a, it took like a once-in-a-lifetime ice storm and or snowstorm, ice storm, you know, apocalyptic, apocalyptic snow <laughs> in in Dallas uh, to get this team to where they could all practice together uh, in a week's time as much as they had previously this season. So my question to you is, do you think tonight's game against the Grizzlies is more of what we can expect going forward uh, if everybody can stay healthy? Uh, so I do and I don't, I know that's very wishy-washy, but way to to straddle the fence. (laughs) I, I, I can't say yes until I see it consistently. Um, it's, it's too hard for me to do that, but I don't have a lot of faith in it. I just, I just don't. Um, there's, there's too much. There's been just been too much inconsistency, and it's 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 very it's concerning. Um, I, I like to think that the more they play together, the more that they're going to get, you know, back to kind of where they were at the end of last season and in the playoffs and all that stuff. But they they can't they can't take any more road bumps. They can't take any more. There's bound to be one or two as the season goes on, but they can't take any more COVID scares. They can't take another. KP injury, which is seemingly bound to happen at this point. Um, yeah, and I mean, it, it's almost every time they opt to rest KP, and again, you know, it could be legitimate and everything, but I feel like when you rest KP, you're like tonight, you just happen to have Tim Hardaway Jr., you flip a coin to see what Tim Hardaway Jr. you're going to get on a nightly basis. And they just happened to land on the side of the coin that was seven of eleven from three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> twenty nine, twenty nine points. 
He's uh, so. Yeah. <laughs> Say that one more time. He's quite literally NBA Two Face. Yeah, I mean he. Comparison. Uh, you know, if he doesn't have a hot shooting night, maybe we're not talking about the a Mavs win tonight. You know, right. it's one of those things where everything has to go right if KP's out or if somebody else is out. They just don't have that kind of consistent offensive scoring on a nightly basis to where it makes you feel good about them stringing to get potentially stringing together a, a number of wins. So I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't think there's an easy fix. Um, you know, I've been dreaming of them potentially trading for Zach Levine for over a year now. But <laughs> like I mentioned on, like I mentioned on Twitter the other day, he has been so good this year for the Bulls. I think his trade value has reached Bradley Beal level, and that's really unfortunate. <laughs> because oh. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say I'm giving up hope, but I, I feel like he's kind of gotten out of their their range unless they include KP in a trade. Well, if what? they KP in a trade for Zach Levine, I'm gonna pull my hair out. But listen, <laughs> li- hey, listen. I, I mean, I I uh, proposed this to you and Kirk the other day. And you kind of laughed at it, and Kurt was just like, "Give me." <laughs> it was, it was KP for Levine and uh, uh, Markinen, and I mean, I would do that in a heartbeat. But I don't even, I don't think the Bulls would do that at this point, to be honest. No, no, no way. No, nah, they wouldn't. But Matt, I mean, I, I feel do, like I would do that. And- I don't think Matt would, and that concerns me. If- <laughs> Man, if that was such a good deal, why are the Bulls so god awful? They're not though. They're they've been they've been pretty good this year. They're not. They're I wouldn't they're say okay. they're god awful, but that's not. <sighs> you got to look at it from. They have Zach Levine, who is a second or third guy at best. Even though he's putting up tremendous numbers, his his ideal role would be second or third star. And they're playing him as their their number one star, and you know that's the results you get. But even then, I mean, they've I feel like they've been a lot better than what most people would think. But anyway, hold on just a second. I'm gonna let uh I'm gonna let my guy Ben in here. Ben, what's up? Hey guys, Man. enjoying By the, the talk way- after the game. Here, it's really cool. Um, since we're throwing around KP trades. Rashawn Holmes and Buddy Heald for KP. Who says no? Uh, I mean, I'm interested. <laughs> interested. I mean, I, I, know. I want I w- it. I would be interested, but I don't think I don't think it's enough for me to pull the trigger on it. I well, feel no, on the math I mean, side. Well, yeah, on the yeah. math side because. And I mean, I may be wrong about this, but I kind of, y'all know me. I'm I'm optimistic to a fault sometimes, but I still feel like, you know, if we get closer to the trade deadline, like, you know, let's see how KP plays uh, over this next month and see if we still feel the same way. Uh, and, you know, if he's still struggling the way he has and it doesn't seem like, He's a guy that you can rely on. I mean, he hasn't been, let's be honest. It, it almost feels like a ticking time bomb with some of his his injury stuff. But I still feel like you have to give it another month before you pull a, pull off a trade like that, just in my opinion. Matt? I just I think that is um, – that's not enough of a haul for somebody of KP. I know KP is frustrating people. And, guys, I get it. Like, I really do. But when if KP could actually play to his potential, like we know he like what he is at, at his highest potential, we know what that is. I mean, it, maybe we don't. Maybe it's even higher than what we've seen. But oh, Matt, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm keeping up with the chat. I'm keeping up with the chat here, and uh, Jeremy Boyer just said <laughs> we're going to change course here a little bit. But he said KP. James Johnson and Tim Hardaway Jr. for Kimball Walker and Jalen Brown. <laughs> no. I, I no, I want it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I want <laughs> Jalen Brown so bad. Man. I don't think 
Man, I, I, I don't think Boston would do it either, but I I want Jalen Brown, man. I want him next to Luca. <laughs> Boston would not do that in a million years. Oh, the dead body oh. of Kimba Walker? I don't know, man. I mean, oh, Jaylen, it depends on how bad they want to get off Kimba's contract. The Kimba's been better, though. They're going to break up Jalen Brown and uh, Tatum. Jason Tatum. Never. Yeah. That's, that's too, that, that would be so dumb for them to do. I, if if Danny Ainge did something like if he traded Jalen Brown, he he has some or, some other mad scientist plan that he's working on. You have to you have to admit though, like if there was a GM that would that would just be itching to trade for KP, it'd probably be Danny Ainge. <laughs> he he seems like the kind of player that uh that that Ainge would want. You can know we that, get? Oh, sorry, Dalton. I was gonna say, can we just get drunk Danny Age one night and get him, uh, get him to trade a Time Lord or a Williams to us of some sort? <laughs> yeah. Something like that. I don't know. I mean, look, the Mavs and Celtics—they've done uh, deals in the past, and we're not gonna speak about that—that that one that uh, the Dwight Powell trade. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. All right, y'all. Look, we're we're getting close to the hour mark on this. Before we take off here, is there anybody still in the room who wants to lob up a question while they're here? No. We'll give it a minute. I do have a question, actually. Go for um, it. I mean, what would Dallas realistically trade? Because the thing is, I don't know how you'd be able to trade KP's money. I'm sure it's possible, but I don't know how likely it is. So is your best asset, obviously, besides Luka, Jalen Brunson, and then, I guess, Tim Hardaway? Yeah. I don't know what you can get for that. Or yeah, I mean, well, yeah. you can get something, but I just don't know if you want to trade Brunson. I think James Johnson is an underrated trade ship in the sense that he's a big expiring contract. So it's teams yeah. that are bad who have a good player who are looking to shed some money, that's a very attractive thing for, for them to have. Um so I think you almost have to include him in any deal that you do. See, that's the thing, though. That, that That's the problem I've had is, you know, looking for a team who would be looking to to shed money. You know, that's their main priority. They want to shed money. And it's hard to predict something like that for this season because, you know, the free agency class just isn't as good as what we thought it would be <laughs> before the season started. Uh, so if people are, you know, if teams are looking to trade money, it's like, what are they, what are they trying to shed that money for? Uh, so I, I don't, I don't know. I have a hard time finding a team that would want to shed money and, you know, basically just give the Mavs a player and the Mavs, I mean, who, who would the Mavs get that could help them on a deal like that? You know, I, I just have a hard time. Prince who wears black and has a very uh, scrappy point guard from Luca's uh, home country. Mm. Uh, you know, maybe they could look to be shedding some money. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, uh, imagine that me being optimistic. But I'm optimistic about where the Mavs have uh, gotten themselves to this point. They've had some disappointing losses, but they've kind of you know turned it around here. Uh, at the expense of, uh, you know, their offense has been lights out, but they haven't played defense. And then tonight, after having a week off, uh, they had a really good game against the Grizzlies and uh, held them to 92 points on their home floor. And they'll finish out this first half of the NBA schedule uh, against the Celtics, and then they'll go on a three-game road trip, play the Sixers, the Nets, and the Magic, and then they'll finish it out against OKC. And I, I really think uh, that this team is going to find a way to get above 500 before before this is over with. And then in the second half, if if all things go well and it's not like a repeat of how the uh, the first part of the season started in this in this half, uh, I think they'll make the playoffs comfortably, and we'll see how it goes from there. Hopefully, they're not in you know the seven or eight seed, and then they end up getting rocked by. <laughs> <laughs> the Lakers or the Jazz? Or the or... Jazz? Oh God! <laughs> I, I would lo- I wouldn't have any hair left if the Mavs ended up playing the Jazz in the playoffs this year. Uh, I really, 
I'm really glad the Warriors have kind of slipped a little bit too because that would be a nightmare. I, you know, before the season, some people were predicting a four or five Mavs Warriors matchup. I feel like that would be horrible too. I just have nightmares of Steph doing things. <laughs> I, the Mavs. I, and they have the and they have the blueprint to beat the Mavs. Play nobody bigger than six seven on your lineup, yes. and you'll win. Yeah, by twenty. A, <laughs> yeah, it, it gives it gives uh it gives Don Nelson PTSD from two thousand seven. But anyway, why first oh, bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, but well, guys, look, guys, to say you, y'all did awesome for your first trial run. Hopefully, y'all jump on again. Yeah, I appreciate it, Brian. Yeah, look, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, I hopped on with uh, Kirk last night, and I thought it was really cool and. Uh, Blue Wire, they, they've been trying to, you know, push their pods to do a little bit more of this too. And I think it's going to be a good thing. So we'll have to do a lot, a lot more, uh, instant reaction stuff. And even when it's not game related, just hop on here and talk with y'all at random times. So guys, appreciate it. Thank you to everyone who contributed. Uh, we're going to take off for now, but we'll see you next time. Later guys. Thanks. Let me step back for a minute. 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 Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.